Amen. Somebody out in the parking lot sent Miss Dorothy Neal a, a flower. Uh, people on Facebook can't see that, but uh, I'll describe it. It's almost as pretty as Miss Dorothy Nell herself. Oh, man. Oh, boy. I don't think I'm home anymore. Beautiful. Amen. Amen. Well, thank, thank whoever's in the parking lot. You've got to... Yeah. Yeah, you got oh, some, some somebody's trying to court you, I think. Oh now. <laughs> she's Careful not, she's, there. She's yeah. Amen. Donna Maroon. Amen. Miss Donna Maroon. Oh, it was Miss Donna Maroon? Yeah. Amen. Well praise the Lord. Yeah. Uh, I like that lady. Yeah, she's even before this, but now this, this is That has the icing on the cake, yeah, doesn't it? It's perfect. Amen. It's beautiful. I know that. She's a sweet lady. She's a sweetheart. Well, God bless you for being here this morning. If you have your Bibles, let's turn to the well-worn pages. Uh, No, this morning, I saw some of them in Sunday school look up when I said that because this morning I said turn to the well-worn pages of Leviticus. And (laughs) everybody got a good laugh out of that, but uh, probably we'll get a good laugh out of this one as well. Uh, The well-worn pages of Ezekiel. Uh, We're going to be looking at chapter 33, verses 7 through 11, and uh, also there will be a reference to uh, Hebrews chapter 13, verse 17, if you want to stick a piece of paper or a string there. What I want to talk to you about this morning is the warning of the watchman. Uh, Did you know that God has watchmen on the earth today? Uh, they were they were watchmen back then. They would watch over the nation of Israel. They would stand guard and watch at the gates and watch on the walls of the city. And and uh, they would blow their horns when the enemies were coming and when when danger was there and and let the people know uh, about the danger. And of course, we know that uh, uh, that that loud trumpet blast would sound and and all the nation of Israel as well as not only the army of, of the people of God but the people of God themselves would uh, would would protect themselves against whatever the danger might be now the bible says in verse 7 of uh, chapter 33 it says so thou son of man uh, i i have set thee a watchman under the house of Israel. Therefore thou shalt hear the word at my mouth and warn them from me. So this isn't just one of your ordinary watchmen that were walking around the top of the wall around the city that was uh, to blow the trumpet at the sound of danger. But God was actually talking to the man of God. God was talking to the prophet of God. God was talking to Ezekiel and telling Ezekiel that he was going to be a watchman under the house of Israel. Now, when we, when we had our Sunday school lesson this morning, we also had, you know, that, that terminology, the house of Israel, the people of Israel, and we determined that uh, that is talking about the people of God in general. You remember what the Bible says in the New Testament that not all of Israel is Israel, not they of the blood of Abraham or the seed of Abraham, but those that are of the faith of Abraham or of the family 
of Abraham. That makes us the family of God. And what God says to His people then, God says to His people now. Now some of the promises were directed, I know, directly at the nation, the blood lineage of Israel, and that has nothing to do with us. But when God is talking to His people in general, whether it be in the Old Testament or whether it be in the New Testament, then God is talking to us as His people. And He's telling us that He has set watchmen over his people. Therefore, thou shalt hear the word at my mouth and warn them from me. In other words, God is sending a warning to the people of God. And there is a group of people from God. By the way, uh, let me just flip over to Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 17 really quickly and kind of tie this together for you. It says, Obey them that have the rule over you. You say, Oh, wait a minute. We're not ruled by Rome. We're not ruled by anybody. We're the nation of America. We are a self-governed people. As a matter of fact, we vote our governors and our people into office and they rule at our behest. They rule at our hand to deal as we voted them in to do. But what this is talking about is different. It says, Obey them that have the rule over you and submit yourselves for they watch for your souls. You see, he's talking about the ministers. He's talking about the prophets, the new day, the modern day, the New Testament prophets of the church age. Who is that? Well, that's talking about yours truly. That's talking about the ministers and the pastors uh, of God that are set over the church. Now, uh, whether we like it or not, God has given us, called us as under shepherds. He is uh, the head of the church. Uh, Jesus Christ is the head of the church, but God has called pastors to be under Him, to lead, guide, and direct, and to minister to the people in the church. And uh, to watch for your souls is literally what this verse in Hebrew says. It says, obey them that have the rule over you. Not that they're going to tell you how to manage your life uh, in every little aspect or detail, but God has called us to direct you in how to manage your life according to spiritual things, according to the Word of God. For they watch for your souls, not so much for your pocketbook or for your house or for your business, but for your souls as they that must give an account. Boy, now that's scary on my behalf. That I not only have to give an account for my life and my sins and the life that I've lived for the glory and honor of God, but I have to give it a, uh, an account to God for you. And, and what I have to give an account of is the things that I'm pouring into your head out of the Word of God. God has called me to be an under-shepherd of the flock of God to feed them the manna from heaven, the Word of God, to pour that into their hearts and into their lives to, to be a shepherd of their souls. And it goes on to say this, as they that must give an account uh, that they may do it with joy and not with grief, for that is unprofitable to you. So I have an accountability unto God for the things that I teach, the things that I preach, the life that I live in front of the congregation of God that He has given me to be a leader over. But you also have an accountability under God uh, as to whether you are submissive to that leadership and following of the things that are preached 
from behind the pulpit. Now, you go back to Ezekiel, where we're going to spend most of our time, and we'll have the example that is given there. Of course, he's speaking to the prophet, but the preacher today is the modern day prophet, and we're reminded that he's been a, uh, set apart. I've been set apart. Elijah was set apart. Ezekiel was set apart as watchmen over the house of God back then, the house of Israel, representing the people of God of every age. And if there were no danger, then there would be no need for the watchmen. But now I want you to realize something, the prophet of the Old Testament, the prophet of the New Testament, but does that relieve the responsibility of every Christian? Do you understand that you have a responsibility to before God to be a watchman of his word? The husband is the high priest of his house. Now the prophet, you know the difference between the prophet and the priest. The prophet speaks to the people on behalf of God. God will speak to me in the New Testament according to the Word of God, and I will say, thus saith the Lord. I don't foretell the Word of God, but I foretell what God has already written in His Word and bring them back to remembrance that we may be faithful to the things of God. But there is also not only the prophet, but the priest. And the priest talks not to the people on behalf of God, but talks to God on behalf of the people. The people would go to the priest, share their burdens. The priest would in turn go into the holy place, go before the throne of God, if you will, and lay their petitions before His feet and before the throne of God. Did you know as a husband, as a father, that you are the high priest of your home, you are supposed to bring the petitions of your wife and your children and your family, yourself before the throne of God, lay them at the feet of God, and be a minister to your family, be a high priest to your family on behalf of them before a holy and righteous God. In a sense, you are a prophet priest. You are preaching, you are lay, you're going to God on behalf of your family, in behalf of, of a, oh, by the way, this is your family as well. Not only am I the, the prophet over this, this flock, this group of people called the church, but you are part of that body and they are your responsibility as well to pray for them, to lift them up before the throne of God and also to share with them the Word of God and the things that God has shared with you. So uh, God has called us uh, into that ministry of being watchmen. There is a need because there is a danger. There is a holy terror that is actually going on in our world today. Uh, it's not just sin. It's not just Satan. It's not just the old nature. But boy, we have this pandemic. We have all of the things that are going on in government. And I've kind of backed off from some of those things a little bit. The Bible says that uh, let him that warreth not entangle himself with the things of this life or the things of the flesh. And I realized that I had been entangled a little too deeply in the things of government. And uh, it's not that I don't need to be aware and to pray for those things, but really to engage my mind and my activities so deeply as I was, was robbing God of uh, some of my time and my efforts. And I repented of that and I'm striving to do better. But I'm saying this, that there is a need for watchmen. Not only this watchman from behind the pulpit, not only the Sunday school teachers and the people all over the country that call themselves ministers, but every one of us are watchmen. Every one of us are ministers. 
what he said to the prophet, he now says to all. He says to you. He says to me. To watch. To watch therefore. It's what Mark chapter 13 and verse 35 through 37 says. For you know not when the master of the house returns or is coming back at evening or midnight or at the cock crowing or the crowing of the cock or in the morning, lest suddenly he coming, he finds you sleeping. And what I say unto you, I say unto all, watch therefore and be ready. I want you to notice a couple of things here in these verses of Ezekiel chapter 33 and verse 7 through 11. First, I want you to notice the responsibilities of the watchman. And I don't say watch man, I say watch men. And that means all of us, not just myself. But uh, they're twofold. The responsibilities of the watchman here in these verses, let's take up where we left off in verse 7. It says, Thou shalt, uh, so thou, O son of man, I have set thee a watchman unto the house of Israel, wherefore thou shalt hear the word at my mouth and warn them from me. So you see the responsibility of the watchman is twofold. First of all is to hear the word at his mouth. How do you do that? How do you hear the word of God at his mouth? Well, certainly you come to hear this watchman that is proclaiming, thus saith the Lord. You show up when the doors of the church are open and you either come in or you sit in the parking lot or if you're not able to do either of those, then you sit and you listen to uh, where God has called you to be on Facebook and to hear the Word of God. But we also, as watchmen, it's not just me, but it's you. So therefore, how do the people in your home, in the concentric circle of your influence, you have people that I will not reach, that I do not know, that I've never come into contact with. I've never been introduced to them. Now, I know a lot of people call me on the phone and say, you know, I think you need to go down there and talk to so-and-so because so-and-so was laid upon my heart and and that means that God is calling you to go talk to him. Well, listen, if God laid them on your heart, maybe it's you that are the watchman that is called to go and to share the Word of God with the people that God has laid on your heart. So we all have a concentric circle of influence that God wants to use us as watchmen. We have responsibilities uh, before God. But before we can go and share with them, we've got to hear the Word of God, to know the Word of God, to hide the Word of God in our heart, and to consistently and constantly and conspicuously be bathing our minds in the Word of God that we might be ready, instant in season, out of season, to give a a reason for the hope that is on the inside of us to be able to share the message that God has given us for those people that He has placed in our concentric circle of influence. The watchman not only sees and speaks, but he must also have ears to hear what the Word of God has to say. Without being able to hear and understand the message of the Lord, it's impossible to relay a correct word from God to the people that God has called you to share. So you've got to be constantly absorbing the Word of God into your mind, into your your heart, into your life 
putting it into action. But it's not only to hear the Word of God from His mouth in verse 7, but it is to warn them from Me. You look again at verse 7, Now, O Son of Man, and by the way, you are a Son of Man. You are a child of God, born of a woman, maybe not as Christ called Himself, the Son of Man, born of a virgin. But you are a child of God, born of man, and he's speaking to us all. I have set thee a watchman under the house of Israel. Therefore thou shalt hear my word at my mouth. Oh, and then you shall take my word, and you shall go to the people, and you shall warn them. That's not a hope so, maybe so, think so. It's not optional. God doesn't give you a choice as to whether you want to do that, like to do that, feel comfortable doing that. It might take you out of your comfort zone. You might have to go to somebody's house and knock on the door, go in to a person's house that you don't know very well, sit down and share some things in their lives with them. They might not only make you feel uncomfortable, but may very well make them feel uncomfortable as well. But my friend, we do it for the glory and honor of God first. But we do it secondly for the good of people. To reach into their hearts, into their homes, into their souls. And to have an impact in their lives that can possibly change their destiny to warn them because there is impending danger to warn them from Him. You see, I'm not warning you from me. I have given people warnings in the past from me. That didn't turn out so well sometimes for me. didn't turn out so well sometimes for them. But my friend, now that God is living on the inside of me, old things have passed away and all things are new and I'm a new creation in Christ Jesus. The love of God is shed abroad in my heart. And the message that I have from God is an impending dangerous message that either we repent, we turn or burn, we repent and turn away from our sin, or there's going to be a price of eternal consequence for those who will not listen. We've got to be willing to share that as one who is fully devoted, you see, to the will of God. It's not fully devoted to my will or what I want or what I think or what's best for me, but I am fully devoted to the will of God. And God has sent all of us who have bent the knee and bowed our wills to His will to go. To go ye therefore and to preach the gospel in every nation, teaching them whatsoever things I have taught you. Listen, He's coming back one day. And we're going to give an answer to what we have done with, you see, we are stewards of another man's property. And that gospel, the word of God, the message that God has given us to share is his. And we are responsible for how we handle it. The watchman's responsibility is to help men feel their responsibility to God. So in, in a way, me standing behind this pulpit, I am doing my responsible duty to God. Oh, and to you trying to bear on your conscience your responsibility. What we all have to do before a holy and righteous God. Some say, who are you to judge me? It's not, not who I judge. And it's not I who judges. But we do realize that it's God. It's from His Word that even the message that I'm speaking you to you this morning, you out on Facebook, out in Cyberworld, out in the parking lot, it's, it's not my message. It's God's message. 
And we talked about this morning how sometimes God has become inconsequential to church. It's that He has become just another ornament like the Bible. It's not really, you know, we hear the Word, we come together, we worship, we praise God, we go back out and we live our lives the way we want to. But being faithful to the Word of God, to the commandments of God, to the deity of God, the Godhood of God has become something that has been really kind of swept under under the, the blanket or under the rug for so long that we really don't take His Word very seriously anymore. Well, we as the watchmen have a responsibility to hear His Word and to share the Word that He has given us to preach or to teach But secondly, we not only see the responsibility of the watchman, but we see the responsibility of those who have been warned to those who we are preaching to. Uh, The wicked here that it speaks of are literally what that word wicked means is is lawless that that they don't, uh, you know, they don't adhere to the commandments. They don't adhere to the law. And that's what I was saying to us that are even here in the under the sound of my voice this morning in this congregation or in the parking lot, that there are those that don't take the Word of God seriously. And uh, I want you to look at verse 8 where it gives a condition. See, there is a condition there. It says, When I say unto the wicked, unto the lawless, O lawless man, O wicked man, thou that dost not take my Word seriously, those who know the Word of God, But do not submit or surrender themselves completely to the Word of God. When I say unto the wicked, O wicked man, thou shalt surely die. You do realize that it is appointed unto man once to die. And after this, the judgment. If thou dost not speak to warn the wicked man from his way, that wicked man shall die in his iniquity, and his blood will I require at thy hand. Now listen, here is a warning from God to the watchman. God has given me a warning. He's saying, hey, preacher, that is not doing your diligence, to bear witness to the Word of God that I have given you to preach from behind the pulpit. God is preaching to preachers. And the world, especially in America, I know in in some third world, world countries, they take God a lot more seriously than we do here in America. But the pulpits here in America are filled with men that are drawing a paycheck. I've told you before, I saw a book on John Bandy's desk that said, uh, Dear Preacher, Please Quit. That was the title of the book. And I asked him, I said, what is that book about? He says, well, it's, it's just about mama called preachers. Preachers that are hiding behind pulpits to draw a paycheck. People that don't want to work for a living. They're not being faithful and responsible to the Word of God. All they're doing is telling the people, you know, heaping unto themselves teachers, having itching ears. That means tickling the ears of the congregation, telling them what they want to hear rather than what they need to hear. Well, I'll tell you what, I, I heard Joel Olstein, and yes, I don't mind naming names and pointing fingers. I heard him on the Larry King live show. When Larry King, and by the way, he died, I believe, yesterday. 
And uh, he asked him in an interview, he says, why is it that you don't preach against sin? And he says, oh, I don't want to offend people. I, I want people to feel comfortable in church. I want them to be there. And if you preach the Word of God and against sin to that degree, then you're going to push people away. May I say that you can't push people away that are already away? Just because they're sitting on a pew in a church somewhere does not make their hearts right with God. But until you tell them about their sin and about repentance and about what the message of God really is, you've absolutely done them no justice, no service at all. So the very first message is to the messenger. That we as messengers are being held to a standard. That we are to preach line upon line, precept upon precept, here a little, there a little, all of the Word of God, and not, not hold anything back about the truths of the Word of God. It is conditional. The lawless man, even the preachers, thou shalt die. Oh, wait a minute, are you saying I'm going to die and go to hell? No, but I'll tell you what, God will take you out of this world. Especially those men who call themselves the men of God who stand behind a pulpit, hide behind there for a paycheck, and will not preach the Word of God to their people. But also to the people that are sitting in the pews who are supposed to take that Word of God to their homes, to their families, to their children, to their grandchildren, to their friends, to their neighbors, to people in line at Walmart, wherever that you go. God should be manifested. The message of God should be revealed in the lifestyle that you live. When we call ourselves Christians, we don't live the God. We don't, we don't live the life. We don't speak the Word that God has called us to preach. The soul that sinneth, it shall die. The Son shall bear the iniquity of the Father. And neither shall the Father bear the iniquity of the Son. The righteousness of the righteous shall be upon him, and the wickedness of the wicked shall be upon him. My, my son's not going to stand accountable for my sin, and I'm not going to stand accountable for his. But my friend, I want you to realize that you will stand accountable for yours, and I will stand accountable for mine. You see the condition, but you also see in verse 7 the opportunity. It says, warn them from me. The last part of verse 7. You're going to hear the Word of God. You're going to preach the Word of God. You're going to warn them from me. Do you understand? We have an opportunity given from God. I had a guy again think that because I was dressed differently when I was in prison uh, a couple of days ago, one of the new inmates didn't know who I was, and he said, Warden. <laughs> I says, no, sir, uh, I don't need a demotion, amen. And uh, the officers looked at me, and they, they kind of smile when I say that. And, but then I always add in, there is no higher calling in the world than to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. It, it may not have... Uh, the prestige in the world that some of the other uh, jobs may have. But I'll tell you what, there is no greater calling than to be a preacher of the gospel of Jesus Christ. My friend, you're called to be one of those as well. Maybe not a pastor, maybe not a chaplain, but at least to share the Word of God. And we've all been given that opportunity. 
Sometimes we accept that challenge and we step up to the plate and we do what God has called us to do. But sometimes it's a little scary. Sometimes it snatches us out of you know our, our little uh, bubble that we like to, to be shielded in, that we've got to come out uh, from that guarded area of our minds and our hearts and our lives and even sometimes our bodies and take a chance, take a risk to share the Word of God. But my friend, I'll guarantee you that when you do it, God blesses you in a way that you'll never be blessed in any other way than when we are faithful to God and to His Word. We have an opportunity to take the Word to God. John 3.36 says, six says this, He that believeth on the Son hath everlasting life, and he that believeth not the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abideth on him. Now listen, that is a hard message to share with people. That he that believeth on the Son hath everlasting life. Well, what if he believes on Buddha? What if he believes on Muhammad? Are you so narrow to believe that there's only one way? Listen, I'm so narrow as a Christian to believe He is the only way. And it's not my way or your way or their way. It's God's way. And I would not be a Christian if I didn't accept the Word of God as truth and share the Word of God as truth. And when you stand before Muslims, when you stand before Buddhist or Shintoist or, or other deist of some other god, and you proclaim that, I'll guarantee you, you're going to pit their feathers in the wrong direction. You're going to upset people. But my friend, it's worth it. It's worth it. Even if it costs you your very life, it's worth it to be faithful to the God that died for us to the God that loves us. We have a responsibility. We have a condition. We have an opportunity. Verse 9 says we have a, a responsibility. Nevertheless, if thou warn the wicked of his way to turn from it, if he do not turn from his way, he shall die in his iniquity. But thou hast delivered thy soul. Now, I'm not, I understand when, when the Bible speaks of souls, sometimes we're talking about the inner person that never dies, goes on to heaven or to hell. Sometimes when the Bible speaks of the soul, it's talking about the entire person, body, soul, and spirit. And I'm telling you, what God is saying is that if God gives us a responsibility to preach the Word of God and we shut that responsibility, then our very bodies, our very life, physical lives are in danger because God has called us here to be a witness and a testimony for Him. And when we resist that, then there's a line that we can cross that God chastens us, God scourges us, and then ultimately God will take us out of this world. But if we stand up and we do what God has called us to be, the Bible says in verse 9, Nevertheless, if thou do what I tell you to do, warn the wicked of his way to turn from it. If he does not turn from his way, then he's going to die in his sin. But you have delivered your soul. You've done what is right. Do you understand we have a responsibility we have a responsibility to the people to turn from their way. We have a responsibility to God for us to be faithful to Him. That we turn from our sin and do what God has called us to do. 
And then lastly, you not only have the responsibilities of the watchman, you have the responsibilities of the warned. The warned. We are warned. But also those that are living in sin, they are the warned. They have been given a condition. They have been given an opportunity. They too have been given a responsibility. But thirdly, we say the appeal of the wronged one. The person who has been offended. Who is that? Well, that's God. You see, I'm, I'm not offended if people don't show up to God's house to hear the Word of God, to receive the bread of life. It hurts my feelings a little bit. But I'm not offended. It's not me who is offended. It's God who is offended. And look in verse 11 and you see this. Say unto them, As I live, saith the Lord God, I have no pleasure in the death of the wicked. Now, we're talking about the wicked saved or the wicked lost. Yes, the answer to that question is yes, there are saved people who are living wicked lives by not being obedient to the Word of God, not being faithful to God. It's not just the lost, dying world that is on their way to heaven that He is speaking to. Remember that He spoke to the watchman first. And He's warning them physically. He has no pleasure in your death. But He's not opposed to killing you. There's been a lot of Christians who died because of unfaithfulness to God. But my friend, He is also talking to those that are lost when He says, Say unto them, As I live, saith the Lord, I have no pleasure in the death of the wicked, but that the wicked turn from His way and live. Turn ye, turn ye from your evil ways, for why will you die, O house of Israel? You see, O people of God, why, why will you not listen? Why will you not turn? Why will you continuously progress in your rebellion against a holy and righteous God who gave up heaven and put on flesh, went to the cross and shed His blood and died for you that you might live for him, and yet we are still living for the flesh. We're still living for ourselves. Why will you die, O house of Israel? Why will you die, O sinner? Why will you die, O church? Why will you die, O marriage? Do you understand? We let things slide that we should be taking care of. We should be sharing that ultimately what we call it is sin. And the wage of sin is death. The wage of sin is death even for saved people. Certainly not the second death. But the wage of sin is death. And when we don't do what God has called us to do, things die. Things die. Our businesses die. Our homes die. Our marriages die. Our, our financial status. Sometimes our freedom dies. Why will you die? Just because you cannot be faithful and obedient to the Word of God. Let's pray. Father, we love You. We thank You, Lord, for Your love and Your mercy. God, I can't help but think of our nation. Why? Why will our nation die? Because of disobedience. Because of rebellion. Because of turning away from Your Word because of a lack of faithfulness to You and to Your Word and to Your house, to 
to your people. Help us, God, to be mouthpieces. Help us to be watchmen that come to the house of God to hear the Word of God, to study the Word of God, to hide it in our heart, that we might go out and be watchmen for the world, that we might be watchmen for our homes and our families, that we might study the Word of God and hide it in our heart, that we might share it with those that You have called us to share it with. God, that they might not die. We'll praise You for that. Not only here and now, but God, we praise You for that for eternity. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to ask you to take a hymn book.